Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Somebody wants to fight. He's left to make a list, and then eventually you guys can can fight. I'm not here for anybody's entertainment. I'm here for the money and the gold. Let's do it. All right, the um, MMA podcast. Now we've uh, got a bit of a double header: the uh, tough finale as well as UFC 189. Um, even though it started off the 189, we're going to start with tough just because. That's the undercard, and yeah. if we started off with UFC 189, you'd all tune out. And plus, um, the tough, you know, obviously the cards aren't as strong as um, an event like Conor vs. Mendes, so it'll be just a quick wrap-up of that one. It was on the Sunday Sunday night or Monday morning here, so... Yeah, well, we'll do our intros. Uh, my name's Josh. I'm Brenton. And uh, Heath will be joining us a little bit later for the main card. He, he doesn't do the small-time shit. Yeah, he's a, he's expensive. Yeah. Costs yeah. a lot of money per hour. Yeah. The only one of real interest was Josh Salmon, who's a tough alumni as well, um, taking on Cal Magalhaes. Well, yeah, anyone who's been around BJJ knows the Magalhaes name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can just tell if they don't, by how they pronounce it. Yeah. Or or just give up. Yeah. Magalhaes. Magalhaes. So, yeah, Josh Salmon got rear naked choke on Carl Magalhaes. On to the main card. Uh, Mashimo Blanco. Um, from what I recall from learning tiny bits of Latin from a Catholic primary school, that means Great White. So why his nickname is Maxi, I've no idea. It should be Shark, surely. Oh, really? If your name is Maximo Blanco, Great White, then how's your nickname not Shark? He actually got away with a win, which is pretty good. Um, Next up, we had Michelle Watterson, the karate hottie, making a UFC debut after dropping the Invicta title to... Um, Herica, Herica Tiburcio, Tiburcio, Tiburcio. Yeah. Anyway, um, she fought Angela Magana in this fight. Angela being a tough alumni as well from the all-female Ultimate Fighter series. Magana, her nickname is Your Majesty. Yeah. Um, there's not much majestic about her. Yeah, and I mean, she looks a bit inbred, which is consistent with most monarchies. So Magana was, yeah, um, she needed to win this one. Uh, her record in recent times isn't very good. That's a fourth loss in a row. Um, second for UFC in a second row. Second in the UFC. And that's coming out of Ultimate Fighter, where I think she lost twice. I know, yeah. once she lost in there, yeah. So you'd have to think she might be done. And look, if they had a, a tag team option, her and Beck Rawlings are, you know, best mates. They'd, they'd, into uh, it. they'd get right there. Yeah. Because uh, we were saying we were watching it. She's got... Perfect skin, perfect teeth, and yep. so cutesy yeah. that uh, she seems like the sort of girl that's um, more at home at Comic-Con than at yeah. UFC. But, you know, she brings the smash. Bloody hell. You just look at the size of her thighs. Like, they do damage. Yeah. And you've seen that photo of she put up online. It was a while ago now of her standing on one foot, holding her toes on the other leg, which is above her head, taking a selfie. Yeah. So, uh, quite talented in... Um, I think she... Well, she's karate, but she thinks she's done a bit of judo and that sort of stuff as well. Um, good on the ground as well. And that's one thing I noticed in the Invicta fights that she had. Her hip flexibility is spectacular. And I mean yeah. that in terms of jiu-jitsu and in general. 
because she's able to uh, from guard just go to a triangle or an armbar so quickly because her, yeah. her she can fold herself in fucking half. She got no, you wouldn't say deep waters, but she definitely had some situations where she had a lot to think about. Well, I think it was in the first uh, couple of minutes. Uh, Magania had her in an armbar and it looked yeah. pretty deep. Yeah, I think she was able to just get uh, a little bit of the elbow into the gooch and uh, protect a little bit and twist a little. Yeah, so it wasn't quite pure, but uh, Magania could could have finished that. Yeah. Yeah, and it came after a pretty nice takedown from the Karate Hottie as well. She had a nice little hip toss there, I think it was. Her takedowns were spectacular. Yeah. She did the um, head arm trap hip yeah, toss. a couple of times. A couple of times, and it, it was committed. And I was glad to see she wasn't trying to lock in a bulldog choke either. It was like a sick, <laughs> sick of trying to pull that shit. And in the second one, she did well to maintain her balance and keep her hips low on the ground so that she didn't um, get rolled afterwards. Um, and I thought she was really patient in defending the arm bar as well and really thought about what she was doing. Put the leg over the head and tried to consolidate that position while making sure the elbow wasn't um, locked too far deep. Yeah, both of the girls defended the arm bars really well, especially uh, I think Watterson had Magania in a belly down arm bar a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And way to get out of that is obviously to throw the leg over the other person so you can mm. bring... Not your... in the Brock Lesnar way. No. But so you can bring your shoulder back a bit. And she was able to do that. She was able to just get that elbow out of there. And, yeah. And that's, it was just patience. It's a game of centimeters. Just slowly, just, you know, make sure you're in a position and then you can explode. And I think she did. She ended up um, turning over into mount, I believe. Yeah. She moves so well. Um, yeah. Michelle Watterson. Her ability to transition, which is the yeah. hardest. Yeah. No matter what martial art you do, uh, if it involves grappling, the transitions are where yeah. it's won or lost. And um, I think that's because it's not something you can sort of consciously think about because if you consciously think about it, you're already a yeah, step behind. Absolutely. It has to be just trained and be flowing with the going. Yeah, like I can show anyone how to do a Kimura. Yeah. But to get to the Kimura yeah. yep. from position X, that's that's the trick. And it's the, the timing, it's the uh, feel and the reaction. Yeah. Because like you said, as soon as you think about it, it's done. Yeah. And you were saying like before the fight started that you got to watch out for um, Watterson's guard as well. She's got yeah. a very strong guard, very active guard. And she showed yeah. that as well. It looked like that um, Magana did sort of the same kind of things in, when she was in guard. When, oh, sorry, when she had Watterson in guard. But Watterson was much more polished. Just little, just finishing little techniques, like knees squeezed together a lot tighter when she was trying to sink in the armbar. Just little things like that, just to make it more solid. And also, I thought there were a few interesting choices that Magana made. Like she went to lockdown a couple of times. Yeah. And lockdown is fine. You know, if you don't know what lockdown is... It's Eddie Bravo. Yeah. But lockdown is pretty much when um, in a mounted half guard kind of thing. And she's locked up one of Michelle's legs. Yeah. Um, it does isolate that person. They can't go into mount. Yeah. And they can't uh, attack your head and neck. But you can't do shit. Yeah. You're stuck yeah. there. Uh, yeah. You're hoping they gas out, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looked like she had... Um her chances in the first round, but it diminished a lot from there. Um, in round two, I think Karate Hottie was on top for most. And in round three, um, Karate Hottie came out looking like she was just starting round one and Magania looked like she was spent. And I think like the maybe um, difference in sort of, not weight cuts, but hey, you have to get to that 115 weight division. Like Karate Hottie just was the 105, I think it's Adam weight, isn't it? 105 yep. pound division champion for Invicta, just lost it before she came to UFC. So she's moving up a weight category and Magani is still cutting weight. So maybe that was a bit of an effect on there. I don't think it would have made a difference in the result. I either. think the difference uh, for that seemed to be speed. Because yeah. uh, Magani looks slow. Yeah. Um, and Waterson, her ability to kick punch yeah. and transition, get takedowns, like she yeah. beat her at every step of the way. And even one part where um, 
might have been Magani trying to throw a kick and Waterson caught it and then tripped it to the ground and just stood there. And she reminded me of, you know, when you see joggers, a uh, traffic light, and they're stationary yeah. waiting, they're jogging on the spot. So she just started doing that, waiting for Magani to get up. And Magani was slow getting up. She ended up giving up the rear naked choke in the third, and, yeah, and that was it. Yeah, it did seem that the choke wasn't quite in. Nah, it wasn't but, trying to be um, defended either. Magani wasn't defending. She nah. she knew she was done. and That, that, it, that it was, was her out. It was out, and she she just wanted to go out on a shield kind of thing. Yeah, and that was it. I think that's the best fight I saw Magania have, and I don't think she's really had many good fights. Yeah, and the next one was um, Masvidal versus Faheha. And the thing is, Masvidal's been around for ages. Uh, I think it's his first foray down at 155, or in this recent stint in his career. Well, he's got 38 fights to his name, and for a bloke 30 years of age, that's pretty good. He's been fighting since he was 18. Yeah, bloody oath. His first fight was in 2003, so... Shows how long he's been around for. But he did himself no harm at all by coming out and having a pretty nice KO. Yeah. Yeah, and he did himself no harm at all. I, I think we'll see a bit more of him. All right, we'll move on to our next fight. Yeah, main event for the tough finale. And to be eligible for the finale, you had to have fought twice during the season, and it was the coach's decision on who they put put um, against each other. And the winner had a chance to win, I think it was $200,000. Um, it was, they decided on, from Black Zillions, you had Kamaru Usman, um, versus Haida Hassan with ATT. And I'm going to, I'm going to attack the, uh, nicknames again. Kamara, the Nigerian nightmare Usman. Um, yes, he is Nigerian. But, uh, to me, if you said, oh man, I've had a Nigerian nightmare, it means you've responded to some prince's emails about getting money out of the country and you've lost all your cash. Yeah, you've lost you've some pensioners given 60 grand to someone over in, yeah. Usman pretty much dominated the fight, I reckon. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he just seemed to be too quick. Uh, and a head-arm finish is kind of embarrassing for this level. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely doable. Yeah. But it's one of those ones where if you're... Fitness is good, which Hassan's is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was fun, yeah. Um, pushing that arm back should be instinctive. Yeah. Um, before they've even locked it up and got their head in your armpit, yep. you should be able to push that arm back and defend it. But you know, he, he was fighting off uh, a very aggressive Usman yeah. on the ground and on the feet. So I, I can see how he'd get so tired that he just has that fraction of a second delay that lets Usman yeah. lock it up. I imagine Ireland is going to have a, a, a tough very soon. Well, funny you mention that. They've actually announced the fighters for the next um, tough season. It'll be Conor McGregor versus Uriah Faber. Yeah, I did see the coaches we mentioned. Yeah. So, honestly, I, I think that's probably smarter than having uh, Ireland versus England because yeah. that house could get blown up. And I don't mean that figuratively. I mean, people will actually smuggle weapons in and <laughs> yeah. there will be explosions. But the only thing is, does that mean that Conor's going to fight Uriah for... Usually that's what it means. Championship? Yeah, well, the last one in Brazil, they didn't do that. I think that was the first time. But the thing is, you got Aldo next in line for the championship bout. So if um, Connor loses, will that be sort of a number one contender spot? Or well, it's the interim belt. Um, it's not the uh, champion. Aldo's still the champion. Yeah, yeah, but they're having a unification one, they reckon, about November. They've yeah. slated it for. And you'd have to think that the ultimate fighter won't be done and dusted before then. But I've seen Uriah in too many championship bouts in the last couple of years. He hasn't won any of them, so... Yeah. I think he's... Maybe give it to um, Frank Edgar. No, I actually like McGregor and Faber, just because McGregor has stormed his way forward, but he hasn't had that um, longevity. Yeah. And I think a fight with Faber would 
legitimise his position a bit more. Yeah, true. But I think Frank Edgar deserves it more. And I think he'd probably get the same sort of legitimacy out of fighting Frankie than he would Uriah. But, like, yeah, I'm excited for either fight. So I just, mm. I just feel a bit sorry for Frankie. I think he's been sitting on the outer for a bit too long and he hasn't done, a, done anything wrong. Moving on to the the main event of the tough uh, finale, we had Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Jake the Juggernaut Ellenberger. Um, I think Ellenberger just sat at the perfect distance for Thompson to lay those kicks and he sort of played into Thompson's hands for what yeah. his strategy would be. Thompson's quite lanky, so yeah. his effective kick range is a bit more than maybe um, Ellenberger thought. Yeah, And he, he just never looked worried. He was able to kick at will. His spinning kick that landed... Um, just before the finish, <laughs> both was of them spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seemed like he. I was yelling at the telly because um, it seemed like he let him recover. Yeah, but uh, in hindsight, it seems more like Thompson wanted the the bonus finish. Does still get fifty k for this one? I'm not sure. Probably. So we're on to UFC one. What are up to? One eighty nine. Yeah, which is uh, may as well be UFC Connor. That's what it was. <laughs> um, we start off with the undercard. Uh, undercard was. Um, very disappointing <laughs> when you're looking at a, a card that's been talked up and promoted a lot uh, a lot of times the main card doesn't live up to it and the undercard performs this one was the opposite yeah first five were decision uh, fights yeah. um, Cody Fister versus Yosdenis Sedino yeah that was shit decision don't worry yeah, about it yeah it was a, a grind through and look, honestly I, I don't think either of them did themselves any favours no no one cares about that um, went on to Lewis Smoker versus Neil Siri. Uh, Neil Siri obviously being the Irishman. Uh, this fight was actually a pretty good decision again, but lots of good transitions, lots of good trading. Um, Siri had some decent hands. Little Irishman obviously loves his boxing. Uh, shows solid hands, uh, some solid groundwork too. The transitions on the ground here on this match were really, really good, especially for um, MMA. Um, usually the young people usually have good transitions because they're little ninjas. Oh, not young people, the lower weight categories. But um, this one, yeah, you would have thought on paper that Smoker was going to dance it in, but Siri, to his credit, he went in there and just went hard. And I thought he probably had a, the most chance of winning it during the fight, but ended up losing the decision to Louis Smoker. I don't think either of them are done. I think we'll see a, a bit yeah. more of both. Um, that puts um, Siri at 2-2 two and two in the UFC, yeah. which isn't bad enough. He's coming off two wins and a loss. And look, we can guarantee there's going to be a big fight card in Dublin next year. Yeah, so I think uh, he can look forward for another couple of fights. Yeah, and I mean, before this one, his only last loss was to Brad Pickett, which is pretty amazing, I think. Um, uh, that was after he retired and went to Western Bulldogs. Yeah, and then we go on to uh, John Howard and Cathal Pedred. Um, yeah, it was Cody Gabrant versus Enrique Briones first. That was that one. not an event, yeah. Um, most exciting thing about this was that we found out that Cody Gabrant is dating Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, fair play to him. Sorry, not not really exciting, but that was the biggest thing to come out of this match. We're doing, to be honest. They might have been overtaken by the the spectacle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on to um, John Howard and Cathal Pedrid. The last fight that he had wasn't long ago. I think it might have been the last UFC pay-per-view. And he put on a shit house. more or less, him and... I can't remember who was fighting. Uh, Augusto Montano at UFC 188. So it was the last one. And they pretty much uh, looked like a bit of Irish dancing going on in the in the cage. I don't know how he even picked a winner of that fight, but it was shit house, and everyone said it was shit house. And Dana made a point of being shit house. And then Katal Pendred has got the call up for this fight, um, stepping in for an injury. I can't remember who the original fight was scheduled against. And so he had a point to prove in this one, to come out and show that he can be active, he can 
um, put on exciting fights, has a future in UFC, and he pretty much came out there and looked like a boring version of Keith Jardine. Obviously, this one he lost by a yeah. decision. But a decision, going to decision, is almost as bad as a loss. And, and also, it depends how you go to that decision as well. And with the last one um, against uh, Montano, it was, mm. it was I couldn't overestimate how shit that fight was. It wasn't you couldn't even call it a fight. Actually, they um, might have smelled each other's gloves a couple of times, and that's about it. Yeah, we, we see it happen with um, counter punches so much. They yeah. they try and sucker each other in, but when they're just dancing around each other, it's not good. Um, also, fighters who are trying not to get knocked out. They're yeah. trying not to lose rather yeah. than get a highlight reel win. Yeah. And, and like we said so much, you can go hell for leather, get knocked out, and still yeah. be a guy that they want to keep around. Yep. But if you're grinding out the wins and then all of a sudden you lose two in a row... Yeah, exactly. Forget I mean, about it, you're done. Look what happened to John Fitch. You know, mm. I mean, he had a huge following... Um, Probably getting paid a bit too much for what he was doing in the cage and gave him the ass. And turned out it was a bright decision as well. Yeah, moving on to Garcia and Swick. Um, Alex, the Dominican nightmare. So we've had the Nigerian nightmare earlier at the Tough and now the Dominican nightmare. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but my, my, my nightmares are non-racial. Yeah, I have um, yeah. race-free nightmares. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is one where I'm actually being attacked by Native Americans, but I... I think that was because I watched Dances with Wolves yeah. as a, a child. It, it wasn't a, a fantastic fight. Both of them seemed to be kind of... Yeah, this fight sucked balls, let's be honest. Yeah, if if it, you sat through the whole lot, um, more power to you because this was shit. I mean, he's in top shape and everything, but he's he's not a contender. Yeah, so um, is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> and he ain't beaten up no cunt. Actually, except for Isis in the next Rocky movie, I think. That's what they're taking on. Oh, no, really? next Rocky, next Command. What's he done? Rainbow. Rainbow. That's one, yeah. Um, moving on to the main fight in the undercard. Um, it was Matt Brown, or Matt the Immortal Brown, versus Tim the Dirty Bird Means. If you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, this is this whole card, he said, this is the fight he's looking forward to most. Like, forget McGregor Mendes, um, forget uh, Rory McDonald and... Um, oh, I can't have mental blank. What's his name? Robbie Lawler. Uh, he said Tim Means versus Matt Brown is the one that he's looking forward to, and I, I thought it lived up to it. I thought it was a very good. Fight. I thought it was very good. Um, both were very active. Uh, yeah. The way Means moves, yeah, it's yeah. really really good. His um ability to just shift so rapidly and to turn the corner, yeah, because um you see so often fighters tend to line up and then circle to their left yep. or to their um to their backside, yeah. He didn't. He was able to sort of duck, weave, attack at the 45-degree angle movements yeah. and really keep Matt Brown guessing. And I think um, he had Matt Brown in trouble a couple of times. I think Matt Brown did more damage initially. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there were a few times Means could have looked for a decent sub. Well, Means is a southpaw, and he landed that straight left, like, repeatedly. I don't know if mm. in the, uh, at one point, he landed three in a row, just bang, bang, bang. And then it was um, a straight left that actually cut Brown open and got the claret starting to go. Um, um, and it, one of the first times I've seen Matt Brown at a height disadvantage in the welterweight division. Uh, mm. Brown's six foot and looks like a tall uh, welterweight. Yeah. And Tim Means comes in at six two. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe uh, he might be doing himself a disservice by trying to cut that much weight at six foot two. Well, he, he looked fast. But so. He looked like he couldn't handle the... Look, look like he gave the best punches, but he couldn't take them. And a lot of that is yeah, to do with true. water around the brain and trying to cut water weight for weigh-ins. And no IVs anymore after mm. this card. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him moving up to the middleweight category. Yeah, and the reason the no IVs things is um, something worth mentioning. 
Hmm. When you're cutting weight, obviously it's water weight you're cutting most yeah. of. And yeah. to rehydrate, a lot of fighters have been putting in uh, saline drips. Yeah. So you just uh, stick it in the arm and off you go. Like uh, Brisbane Lions were doing a few years back. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a great exactly. way to rehydrate rapidly. But yeah. it's really not a great look. And I think... Uh, Besides that, you're never quite 100% certain what's in the bags. Yeah. So well, the problem was that they were blood yeah. doping through the IV post-fight. And apparently, um, the way they detect the drugs in the system, it's on such a microscopic scale that it's actually the same level you'll detect pieces of plastic from the bag that the uh, IV drip is held in, like the saline solution right. is held in. And apparently, that plastic actually acts as a masking agent for some performance-enhancing drugs, especially like, uh, I don't know what the blood doping is, EPO or whatever no, blood, they do. That's um, oh, blood, that white blood, blood cells. doping is when they um, take blood out, uh, red blood cells usually, right. and separate them via centrifuge right. and then put them back in. Because red blood cells are what carry your oxygen. Yeah. And by overloading it, you can get a lot more energy in your muscles initially, and yeah. you can also take away fatigue toxins rapidly. Uh, okay. But... Um, Obviously, your body ends up going, there's too fucking many, and they just let them die. Yeah. But it's an advantage for that period of time. And yeah. it's, uh, it's been used by Olympic athletes, especially sprinters, for yeah. quite some time. And removing pretty much all options of injecting yeah, yeah. Uh, is a very good idea, especially into yep. a main blood vessel. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's the reason why they brought about that change. And um, it's already sort of been anticipated that you'll see a lot of sort of movements up in weight categories. Which I'm fine with. I, I think yeah. I don't think the ability to cut weight should be as much of a factor as it is now. Yeah, yeah, neither do I. Um, honestly, I'd be fine with fighters weighing in on the day. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, from my perspective, if you have sort of responsible uh, matchmakers, uh, I'm of the opinion that you should remove all the weight categories or condense them. I think there's definitely like a tipping point where you can't have Cain Velasquez fighting, you know, Demetrius Johnson. But yeah. I think from maybe... Well, Maybe welterweight down to no, I'd, up. I'd actually love to see um, up, the guys who have come off losses and are looking at losing their contract, Yeah, put them all in a, an eight-man elimination tournament. Uh, winner keeps the contract. Everyone else, yeah. see you later. Well, the thing is, BJ Penn fought Leota Machida at heavyweight in Pride. Yeah, BJ Penn's a phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. bit of a freak, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I'm in the same agreement. You, you should see a little bit more movement. But yeah. I, back onto the weight cutting. I, I don't understand why they do it when they do it. Like it's generally a week before, yeah? Uh, they'll usually start out, yeah, I think... A few days to a week. Yeah, a bit bit over a week, I think. I know it's actually been put down to an exact science on how long it takes your body to... Not your body, but your actual blood cells to reabsorb that, that water. And they reckon that it's over a week, like only just... I think it was yeah. like eight days, nine days or something. But why? Why not weigh in on the day? I guess the reason they don't weigh in, yeah. not coming to think of it, is probably because if someone's overweight, um, then they don't have time to cut. Oh, they don't weigh in on the day because people will still cut weight and people get knocked out and get brain damage. I think they tried it in boxing or yeah, one then, other fighting category. But that's because you're an idiot because you're fighting too yeah, low. Yeah, but, but their job is to get punched in the face. They're not known for IQ. Yeah, but no, I honestly think they should weigh in on the day. Um, yeah. Just because if you have to cut that much weight to be sort of a danger, yeah. you're fighting the wrong, wrong weight category. Yeah, but the thing is, if you cut that weight on the day, and the thing is, like, putting it on the day isn't going to stop people cutting weight. It's just going to make it more dangerous when they get into the octagon. And, and they'll the, probably lose and they yeah, won't be doing it anymore. But, but, like, serious injuries and potentially death in octagon is not good for the UFC. So I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if they went to weight cut on the day. I think they're going to look at trying to eliminate 
your um, methods of being able to cut weight to that category, which is they've done with IV um, rehydration. Mm. Uh, it's still not perfect, you know, because um, IV is actually a really good way to rehydrate afterwards and probably the most safest yeah. way to rehydrate afterwards. So, yeah, it's it's not perfect yet. Um, not even close to perfect, but they're trying to do something about it. Yeah, the difference between this and boxing, though, is this has submissions as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, boxing doesn't. If some yeah. guy, if you had the, the weigh-ins on the day and some guy comes in un- dehydrated, yeah. He's going to be slow as fuck. Yeah. Um, and he's probably going to lose. But the thing is, they will do it. That's the problem. And the thing is, you can't just put that rule in and then say, well, you fucked up. You're dead. Bad luck. That's your fault. Because the rest of the public who you're trying to win over to that sort of, uh, this style of fighting, aren't going to buy that line. I don't think you'd see people die. Like, boxing is a very different sport in that attacking the head is so common and also um, body blows. Yeah. But uh, you see MMA, in terms of clean strikes to the head, Far fewer in MMA than there is in boxing. Yeah, but they're also petitioning um, the Nevada State Athletic Commission to bring in um, knees to the head of a down opponent. They're trying mm. to change the rule where it doesn't matter if you've got three points on the ground, whatever, nothing, knees to the head, uh, legal, anywhere. So if you're going to bring that in, like, I, I kind of agree that a boxing punch would be more damaging than a knee to the head. And so, yeah, you can't really bring that in and then say you can't, or you got to weigh in on the day and people are going to cut weight and... Yeah, I don't think it's about the single blow. It's Pandora's box. Yeah, I don't think it's a single blow. Uh, I think when you look at a boxing match, the blows to the head, Yeah, th- there's dozens. Yeah. Uh, MMA fights, generally, if you get three clean hits to the head in a row, yeah. they're going down and you're about to finish. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't think they're as directly comparable as some people seem to believe. Yeah, yeah, true. But, but the, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because boxing, they still don't weigh in on the day either. Mm. and they do take more damage to the head, but the potential for, um, I think, um, sort of long damage, you know, long-term damage, you get a lot, and it's not so much in the in the fights, but in the gym, where knees and just getting strangled and elbowed to the head are quite common. Yeah, but what happens in the gym, well, injuries do happen, but uh, it's pretty uncommon that they'll be big injuries normally yeah. they're just those um, little things that happen from going a bit too hard unlike yeah. um, uh, I want to say Jessica Pena when Jessica she nuked her knee uh, the I girl that won the female tough uh, Sparza no no um, yeah she won it the other one there's only one the one about oh the one before that with yeah. the split season yeah oh hey, shit I'm pretty sure her name was Pena I know there was Jessica Pena who no not Pena Pena. Oh, Juliana. Juliana Pena. That yeah, was it. Yeah, yeah. The Venezuelan um, vixen. Yeah. Uh, and she had her knee nuked in training yeah, with a, right. yeah. a bloke who might have gone a bit too hard. Yeah. Um, but again, that sort of thing is going to going to happen. And, yeah. you know, you're still training when you're weight cutting and you're going to be vulnerable regardless. Yep. So, look, yeah, my solution, weigh in on the day. Yeah. And if you come in overweight, you get no prize money. Well, so that's the end of the undercard for UFC 189, and we'll uh, it was a shit undercard. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, pretty much Tim Means, Matt Brown, and uh, old mate McNeil was he Neil Siri on the undercard. Um, so yeah, we'll go on to uh, what was a cracking main card of UFC 189. Okay, we're on the main card now, and Heath's joined us. How are we doing? Yep. Um, he wasn't interested in the the dead rubbers. No, I'm only in for, if I'm not paying for it. And then I'm not interested. Uh, he's a true Vegas fan. That's where you step in the building. <laughs> or a prostitute fan, one or the other. Yeah, well, they go hand in hand, don't they? They're not mutually really exclusive. exclusive. Explain the fucking punchline if you like, but anyway. So the, the big first fight in the main card, we got Brad one punch 
uh, Pickett versus Thomas One Knee Almeida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny. I saw um, before this fight, uh, I was on Twitter. I can't remember which um, publication it was, but they put out a photo of Almeida with a belt over his shoulder. And apparently Dana wanted that picture and told him to put the belt on because he'd be champion one day. I was thinking... Is that like just your standard when you walk into the UFC doors signing contract, you get the belt put on in the same one line you get? <laughs> well, maybe they give him the belt and say, oh, you'll be a champion one day, and then, uh, and here's our offer. It's, it's sweet yeah. fuck all. And then he gives the, do you want to be a fucking fighter speech or something, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it was unfortunate. The belt was uh, made by Reebok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking so, of. So I spelt UFC wrong. <laughs> the fucking compulsory shorts. Like, Honestly. They reminded me of like a real bad pair of um, like the first board shorts that kind yeah, of came Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same, big W boardies kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay, they've gone the classic black and white. Um, they're not offensive. They're extremely boring, which yeah. I'm sure is exactly what they wanted to go yeah. for. Extremely yeah, boring, guys. Mm, that's what yeah. we're about. Mm. But what I don't get is they want to make it easier to tell um, the two fighters apart. Okay, yeah. fine. One, like Josh pointed out, they got the uh, on-screen graphics wrong. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they had Pickett in the white trunks and uh, he was shown as in the black trunks yeah. and vice versa. I, I didn't even notice that little insert into that heads-up display until you guys pointed it out. Yeah. Um, secondly, if the, the two colours are black and white, why have such a large white panel on the black pants? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And thirdly, sorry, I've got another one. <laughs> they got the red corner and the blue corner. Yeah. <laughs> Why not put them in red and blue trunks? Well, they do have the red and blue wrist straps, so you can see who's in what corner from there. So um, why not make it the shorts too? Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, but I don't think black and white helps anyone. Like, it's boring as fuck. At least let them have a detailed colour. Like, um, some fighters identify with certain colours. Like, at the moment, they're based on nationalities. So the Irish have a green thing and yeah. uh, pretty much every country... It's the Irish and the Brazilians who have green and yellow. And then you've got every other country with red, white and blue, pretty much. I think the Irish have orange. Uh, I, think, I think I don't think they... I think they just ask Connor, Connie what, what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tells them. I think orange is the Protestant Irish. And so the Catholics if, would be pretty rank with that. All the, you know, all, all, the Reebok deal and the sponsorships and all that, all that aside, because, um, you know, there's some that hate it. Yeah. Um, and there's some that uh, work for the company, and there's everyone that has no choice in the matter. <laughs> um, I just, I just thought it was very puzzling. Um, oh, look, love it or hate it, down. good for the sport or bad, it still looks shit. Yep. Um, but anyway, on, on to the fight. Um, Brad Pickett's coming off a few losses um, up against uh, Thomas Almeida, who's still undefeated. Yep, yeah, nineteen and zero. Um, which that has to be one of the the best um, uh, records going around. Uh, wouldn't be too many. I think these days with ki- with people who are that, what's he, what is he twenty three or something like that. I think, um, I think sort of your level of professional athletes in MMA have become sort of more and more. So there's much more um, sort of organisations that are doing legitimate professional fights, and so you yeah, find young kids have, fights, have yeah. better I mean, records, like straight out of the box coming yeah, to the UFC. In fairness, a lot of them have been tomato cans. Yeah, but um, he's still three and zero in the UFC, well, which is you know. Nothing to be ashamed of. I, mean, by I still haven't seen a 397 and 0 yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> was it 397 he claimed? Or I, think, I think it was 397 because right. you want to have like a bit of a celebration when you go over the 400. That, that's it, yeah. Um, well, like you say, though, 3 0 in the UFC. And I do, I think it is worthwhile um, sometimes when they mention their records and then their UFC record. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than fighting on Indian reservations against tomato cans, like you said. Mm. But anyway, um, in the fight, you've got to say Pickett was right in there in the first. Um, 
probably four minutes. Two and a half yeah. minutes, I thought the fight was over. I, um, there was the one heel hook attempt from Almeida, and that was about it. And it wasn't that great of an attempt. It was yeah. a, I'm drowning, I'm going to grab something and do something. But Pickett was moving, his boxing looked yeah. first rate. It looked like what? this This fight wouldn't have been out of place down a back alley in Boston somewhere. No, it did look very good, dirty boxing. And his, they talked at, uh, I think Rogan mentioned, his ability to change levels. It I, was fantastic. I don't even think it was dirty boxing. I think it was straight up. Yeah, well, there were a few, few elbows. Yeah, it, it was. You're right. Technically, it was. But I'm saying that the pure boxing of it, the, yeah. the ducking down low and then waiting and then whack to the body, whack to the head. And it's one thing that uh, MMA has been criticized for is their punching ability, the punches in bunches. Uh, you see a lot of fighters, they'll throw a one, a one, two. They don't have the four, five, six punch combinations. But here yeah. we saw one, two, three, one, two, three, four, and very quick. Crisp and in and out. And, uh, I and think the, just, oh, the ability to pick that uppercut in between the opponent's guard, uh, was fa- both fighters did it. Uh, Pickett especially had a really nice one where he just sort of ducks under, gets that uh, uppercut on the 45 degree angle that starts with his toes. Yeah, and he just, just really it. rocks into it. Yeah, I think with the people that are in the weight category, especially with uh, the height difference there, because their arms are only like a foot long, it just looks yeah. like dirty boxing. But really, it's just tiny. It's just short arms, yeah. T-Rex arms. Just swimming. Um, something else I thought was funny in the first round, uh, first, you know, first fight of the pay-per-view, you've got an Englishman fighting a Brazilian in the US, yep. and, the, and the crowd starts chanting in Spanish. Yeah. Lovely, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, I always found it funny that you'll um, notice that the Irish are still cheering for an English person and only because it's in the US it's <laughs> back home they'd be like fuck that yeah. guy <laughs> it's a bit like that too yeah. like us with the Kiwis we cheer for a Kiwi unless, yeah. it's, you unless, know, it's, yeah. unless it's back here then hey, us, yeah. go fuck yourself well, bro New Zealand and England playing uh, just before the Ashes started and I was definitely in New Zealand New gone. Zealand 100% but uh, yeah, no, look, yeah. Halfway through that round, about two minutes uh, forty, when they got back up, and media started bleeding. I thought yeah. he looked, or oh, he looks a little bit tired. Yeah. And Pickett looks like, yep, I got him. I yeah. got his measure. He yeah. got buckled a little bit too, didn't he? Who's that? Pickett? Oh, or, am I, am I, am I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple Several times. times he got yeah. rocked, and then he got he got one really good punch in that uh, put Pickett on his ass, and Pickett yeah. turned it um, into a beautiful little uh, round the corner takedown. Yeah, but even when he when he landed that flying knee and like just you know pretty much put his eyes shut yep. Pickett got up like he, he's just um, his alarm gone off and uh, was getting, going in the shower late for work <laughs> yeah, what's going on what day is it yeah, yeah I just get up shit shit to do today that flying knee it was even in slow motion it looked terribly magical like yeah. uh, just he put his left on the back of his head you know bent it down gently it, and then just drove the kneecap right into the back of his skull it looked scripted yeah. <laughs> like you could hear the piano music in the background as he was falling yeah. down yeah and, I'm sure if you could find an actor willing to take that knee uh, he'd have a, a stunt job in Hollywood for about a week until he died it looked like the, almost the Lerda Machida against um, um, fucking the Randy Couture where he did the, the fake and then oh, the ground the kick, kick yeah. but instead of having the kick he just landed the knee flush yeah and yeah, to grab on the back of the head just to make sure you know you're not going to eat and, <laughs> solids for a couple of weeks, and just the perfect pause in crowd music, in crowd yeah. noise to hear that. Yeah, yeah. oh, that was yeah. a sledgehammer into a side of beef. It, yeah. You just and he knew it too. Yeah, no need to follow up. Yeah, just no nah, walk off. Yeah, that, <laughs> a walk off KO. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, it's uh, another setback for Brad. Now I think that's his third UFC loss in a row. Uh, let's just bring up his record. Three in a row, um, but um, I don't think he disgraced himself by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, not at all. And like uh, we've been saying all podcast, you can have an entertaining loss is better for your UFC future 
than grinding out uh, tomato can wins, especially in split unanimous decisions. Yeah, I mean, if you can grind out a win against a legend, that's different. That's what the white man can't jump theory, don't they? <laughs> Rather look good and lose. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Now I'm with you. Um, but uh, where does uh, where does that leave Almeida? He's got to be. Um, that's three wins on the trot in the UFC now. Um, he's got to be starting to think about uh, moving up the rankings and starting to have a look. Is this his first uh, main card fight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he's obviously starting to move up the rankings and move up the pay scale. So it wouldn't be so bad for him to have another couple of you know un- like main card matches. You want to be starting yeah. looking at ranked matches though. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's that? Is that his fourth fight? Third. So the fourth one is. Um, the bubble for the next pay bracket, yeah, from Reebok. Oh, I've got no clue. So these, I, I saw the, so. the pay structure, and I think they're two and a half grand for this fight. So Brad Pickers got two and a half grand for slapping the chops. Uh, I, I think he would. Do they still do fight of the night bonuses? Oh, they yeah. just do random bonuses now. That you get um, oh, performance, of the performance night, bonuses, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but th- he can give out as many or as few as he wants. And honestly, yeah. that knee deserves a bonus. I'm All sure right. everyone got paid in this main card. I'm sure honest. they did. Yeah. Um, so there was a, a great knockout and a great highlight uh, for, for Thomas Almeida there. And like I said, I don't think Brad Pickett did his um, chances too much harm either. Yeah. We'll see him in Dublin, I'm sure. Yeah, the, but one thing that's going to hold Almeida back, Tom Hina is a nickname. Tom Hina, yeah. I'm willing to just put it out there. If anyone needs a nickname made up, we're willing to help out. Um, but Tom Hina just doesn't do it. Well, one, win, one knee. We caught it in the, one in the knee, intro. Yep. 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 If you're Tom, one Thomas, punch. one knee Almeida. <laughs> That's your name now, mate. If you're, with, if you're fighting one punch and you're beating with one knee, that's just how it works, isn't it? Yeah, or you can ask Wanderlei Silver for a nickname, and if you can understand what he says, let us know. <laughs> I think your nickname is now Fuck Dana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next fight. We've got Gunnar Nelson versus Thatch. Um, this fight, you'd have to say, was uh, pretty entertaining. Well, I was especially like... I was expecting sort of Thatch to come out and be the aggressor. I think his last loss was, a, was against Benson Henderson, his last one. <clears throat> Yeah, um, and there was Henderson stepping up a weight category as well, and Thatcher's already big for that weight category. Um, I think Gunnar Nelson might have had a little bit of time off, I think, as well. Might have had a little bit of space in between fights. Well, it was his first loss uh, against Rick Story. Um, he lost that in a split. Nearly 12 months in between yeah, fights. Yeah. But, jeez, uh, you'd have to say uh, he hasn't, doesn't nah. seem to be losing anything. It's all over him like a rapey frog well he, <laughs> he, he comes with one of the biggest uh, grappling reputations in mixed martial arts like yeah. uh, across yeah. the board he's an absolute Icelandic legend yeah. uh, when it comes to it but uh, even after talking about how good uh, uh, I was going to say Byron Pickett Brad Pickett's um, <laughs> boxing was Byron Pickett's boxing is not bad either by yeah. all accounts yeah. um, in the previous fight that one two that connected oh. yep. that ended this fight really yeah. and you heard it was just smack smack it's yeah. so crisp so quick and just straight. And I think on the, uh, the broadcast, a lot of times, uh, I mean, Joe or maybe Goldie following Joe's lead, but talking about how there's not many people that have that crisp jab uh, anymore. GSP yeah. was left, and they talked to Rory up about it as well. But I think Gunnar Nelson is one that just throws it straight and effective. Doesn't need to have the most power in it, but it's uh, accurate. Uh, when it hits on the button like that. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. yeah. Especially two of them. I mean, and Brandon Thatcher's looking okay. You know, yeah. the, the knees were, were there. They were it looked loose. Sharp. Um, just whack, whack, and you're on your back, and Gunnar Nelson's on top of you. It, it's over. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was a matter of time from there. He's seeing four of him, um, and unfortunately, all four of them were Gunnar Nelson. But um, <laughs> I did... There was one thing they commentated on, saying that uh, 
the Irish crowd saw a pale dude, and they, they, said they adopted the, him. The, the trickle down <laughs> uh, Irish cheers from yeah, the crowd. Yeah. Well, he, he is. I mean, there's two reasons. One, oh, well, three. Let's say then. You, like he is pale. <laughs> they went, All yeah, right, yeah. That, that's Irish. He's obviously a, a teammate of Conor McGregor. So yeah. There's number two. Yeah. And when you've been on the Guinness all day. Iceland looks like Ireland, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah it's I mean, the flags aren't similar, but I'm guessing they're just like, fuck it, I can't see the flag anyway. It's look Iron. Um, uh, I think also, you think his old man might be Connor's manager of some of that, or used to be his manager. Well, they're the teammates and stuff like yeah. that. I think they've been um, through a bit together. Yeah. I think uh, his old man might be Thor. Well, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought, well, this welterweight division is stacked though. So you, know, you, you get a fight like this and you're like, that's an amazing fight. But what does it mean in the picture of the top five? Not a whole lot. <laughs> it's like it's a great fight, but now you want to try and get into a top five, and it's been sort of banded around a bit. That it's looking like the belt will go around a few times. Um, obviously, we'll get to the double weight belt later on, but um, it's going to be hard to break into the top five even with a big win like this. All you can do with that is keep winning. I yeah. mean, his only loss is a split decision and a five round split yeah. decision. Um, so mm. he's bounced back enough from that, and he's look. He's in. He's European, so they're looking to expand into those sort of countries uh, in Scandinavia and that well, as well. So, and like I said, hasn't got a scratch on him. Yeah. Um. So he, it's not like he's going to have a medical suspension or anything like that. He, he can turn around and you know, I'm ready. Who's yeah. next? He, could, he probably he did fight, on the way home. He could fight Donald Cerrone tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> both of them. Um, he probably had three fights on the way to the airport. <laughs> I thought uh, when he did hit the ground, like we said, one of the best grapplers going around. Mm. Um, when he was uh, straight into mount, um, I, I thought yeah. I thought he was just going to go with the ground and pound. This one's over. Yeah. Um, with the the knockout um, when they were standing, got straight to mount. It looked like he was uh, Thatcher's actually getting out, and then yeah. he just switched straight over to side control. Yep. No worries. Into knee ride yeah. or, or neon belly. Yeah, he did a couple of neon bellies. Um, uh, he didn't see that very often these days. I yeah. I don't really know why. I I understand that the fighters get uh, sweaty. They get you know so hard to grasp onto that they can move out but as soon as someone puts their hand on your knee that elbow is exposed so i'm I'm guessing it's just they prefer to go for different percentage moves yeah i mean it it is more high percentage in the gi because you've got something to grab onto and hold them there um but you do tend to like to try and keep more weight um on the opponent, you know and shoulder and head pressure and all that kind of stuff well yeah i mean if you saw roy nelson knee on belly someone they'd be tapping right there if somebody knee, uh, knee on belly on Roy Nelson, they could also do their knee. <laughs> yeah, because they stole his nuggets or something. <laughs> yeah. um, and then moves around to the back, and I thought, oh, it's obviously okay. He gave Thatch gave him his back. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's starting to think. All right, where's the where's the door? Yep. Where's the gate? <laughs> um, and then I thought it was interesting. He went straight for the body triangle, and that yeah. that allowed him to lean back. So yeah. I mean, if you only just got your hooks in, you can't lean back. Yeah, um, they're starting to escape. But he's leaned back and just rocking punches in, just going, "Come on, guys!" Just yeah. Slip this one in under the chin. And, and one thing over. people don't see so much too, unless you've been in that spot where you've been body triangled by a strong dude, uh, you can't breathe for shit. Yeah, I think the commentators say it every time, but it hurts. Yeah, yeah bloody oh, yeah. Um I remember I tapped uh, Tommy Coughlin doing that once in a cruel way, who's only about 60 kilos soaking wet. Yeah. Um, so it's um, a very excited... Gunnar Nelson that gets his hands raised. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's hard to smile in Iceland. You might uh, crack... Uh, crack something so he's just very happy to just take it and go on where's the next one yep pretty much um, uh, it's pretty common for Scandinavian sports stars isn't it I know we do the F1 podcast with um, Kimi Räikkönen and that you don't get much words out of them either so <laughs> I don't know maybe yeah life isn't too happy <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that with Gunnar Nelson too like if the corner is like you know get to his back he's like I know what I'm doing shut up <laughs> <laughs>
Next fight on the card is in the featherweight division, and we've got Dennis the Menace Bermudez versus Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens. See, I'm, I'm fine with both those nicknames. Oh, Good Dennis job, lads. The Menace, fuck off. You can't uh, love uh, Little Heathen's brilliant. Dennis, yeah. uh, my name's Dennis, I'll go for The Menace. Yeah, Little Heathen, I think uh, that'll maybe be second or third to um, Uncle Creepy. It's got to be the best <laughs> one, surely. Um, I mean, you got Little Evil was Jens Porver, so then you got Little Heathen. Yep. So you're forming a stable there, aren't you? They're going to be the, <laughs> yeah. in the next Suicide Squad movie. They're going to be the next Team Alpha Male. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's Dennis no, the Menace is lazy. There's no medium size. Like they've got Little Heathen or Big uh, Big Daddy, or Big Country. Where's medium size? Yeah, you got Bigfoot, Big Country, yeah. Little Heathen, Little Evil. You got uh, plus then you got like the Portuguese versions of you know Ronaldinho, uh, like, uh, you know Thomasinho, yeah, yeah, which Thomasinho. means little Thomas or whatever. Yeah, you got big nog, little dog. Pe- <laughs> got, well, isn't that isn't the same Bigfoot's, size? So. Bigfoot's Pejau, yeah, which which like the A O suffix prefix suffix where the fuck it is. No, Pejau, that's the beans you get at the tourist career. So Bermudez versus Jeremy Stevens. Um, This one had a lot of action. Uh, A lot of uh, Bermudez pressing Jeremy Stevens in the first round, but also Stevens actually came in overweight for this fight, so he he lost um, some of his purse for that. I think twenty percent standard, but um, it's very disappointing because it's uh, this is what ranked uh, Bermudez is ranked eighth and Stevens is ranked eleventh. So two ranked fighters and one of them misses weight is very disappointing. Yeah. yeah, plus Bermudez has had a couple of important fights, I believe, in uh, the last couple. I remember, because especially in, in that division, it's pretty much who's going to take on DJ uh, Dodson's next, yeah. but the the one after that is sort of up for grabs, and he, I think he's in the mix for getting those ones. Yeah, he tagged Guida, and then he had um, Lamar's and now Stevens. Guida's sort of been one of those um, gatekeepers for, yeah. for almost for his whole career Yeah, yeah. Um, in that division, but... Um, uh, yeah, look, uh, there was a you know the, I love how they put up the fight stats as they're going. And one of the fight stats they put yeah. up was um, strikes. You know, and yeah. it was mm. thirty to twenty or whatever. Um, there was no point putting up significant strikes and strikes as two different stats because they were one of the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In that fight, yeah. every every mm. strike was significant. There was some monsters thrown. It looked like a home run derby. That's the thing is, I think Stevens maybe tried to go a bit too hard in the first round. Like he was swinging a bit too hard for the fences, a bit too predictable, oh, a bit yeah. too round. Yeah, those big haymakers happening. Yeah. Well, I think it was as well in because he lost the first couple of minutes. You know, yeah, and that's spent, true. Um, when he got that cut, yeah. um, which uh, from the headbutt, um, we got taken down and spent a lot of time, you know, on his yeah. on his side or you know mm. with um, Bermudez on his back. Yeah. So when he finally got back to his feet, he. I think he was throwing those haymakers just to just try and get some ground back, but yep. also buy him some time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A, it, was, it was like watching uh, a Geelong footy match. Joel Selwood got cut and then decided he wanted to play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he's going to try and break people's you know arms and legs and whatever else. Yeah. But when they did hit the ground, I thought Bim Nunes was a little bit lazy on it. Um, he had a, a great position and um, yeah. in their sort of, I guess, a side mount. It's not really a half guard. It's almost on the back um, and oh, then yeah. he's just you know putting in um, some nice left hands um, to yeah. keep him there and score yeah. his points Yeah, but I didn't see a reason to stop throwing him no he did seem too driven to try and get the back mount RNC or going for the arm triangle well he didn't seem to really try and consolidate arm triangle because he, he got in position where he could um, jump out to the side where the cage was yes. but instead of flattening himself out and squeezing he well, uh, he brought himself. Yeah. Well, no, even when he rolled over, he started to be able to make some room. But instead of you know stretching out and moving him, he kind of 
uh, clutched up and then try to get the second hook in. I mean, uh, the, which is, you know, that's a percentage move too. You can get the back, that's brilliant. Yeah, there was the cage there. I mean, he, he, had, he was in, he had the arm, posi- uh, the arm triangle. It was in. He just yeah. had no room. Um, and then he, you know, um, probably made the wise decision then, but I still thought the, the, the punches when he was on top, he should have, there was no reason to stop throwing them. Yeah, he wasn't but, defending them. Well, because especially since Stevens had to post up on his left hand. Yeah. And so he's either got to post up and maintain that position or try and defend the punches and then he's going to get um, flattened out. Especially when he's got that big cut on his eye. Now, it came yeah. from a headbutt and whatever, but if you throw in, you know, he threw three, uh, groups of three punches and I think he threw uh, probably seven or eight in total. Yeah. Throw 20. Make that yeah. cut yours. Yeah, exactly. So it yeah. takes it out of the judge's mind. And, you know, when he yeah. got up, he had a crimson mask anyway. And especially in that part of the face, you don't need to throw punches. You just rest a forearm across there or whatever. <laughs> Squeezes a bit yeah, more that's out. that's it. You know, advantages are taken, not handed out. Um, into the second. <laughs> the, oh, the last thing I was going to say about that, but all through it, um, Stevens had a great view of the screen. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing he's looking yeah. at. Yeah. Never looked worried. Yeah. Never looked troubled. He knew where he was. Yeah. Um, and when he got up, um, tried to get some points back. But it, to me, it was a, a 10 9, but yeah, so but close to close, a 10 yeah. 8. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's one where you just look at that as part one of the first round, more or less. Yeah, the next one, and that's, that's, that's the way I'll go. Well, yeah, the second one I thought was actually 10 10. Um, Stevens came out and had a, a couple of early telling punches, but then. Bermudez uh, sort of controlled the fight for yeah. a couple of minutes. Again, it was like a video game, wasn't it? There, yeah. there was no jabs, yeah. no crosses. Yeah. Everything was a home Button run. Button mash. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Bermudez threw that flying knee, and it's one of those ones where <laughs> yeah. he's jumped and regretted it almost halfway through. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, I've got to wait till I land now. <laughs> and it's like the first person, like in the fight before, they see a flying knee, and it's like it's, it's gone around backstage like herpes at summer camp or something. <laughs> um, and even, even the one that uh, Stevens ended up landing for the knockout, like a fadeaway knee, but it looked like the old down, down, up A from Mortal Kombat or something yeah. like that. It was the, that was the tiger, uh, tiger knee from Sagat in Street Sagat, Fighter. That's yeah, it. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I haven't seen it done better. Uh, like, yeah, it's a, a fadeaway jumper. Yeah, away going and just connected so sweet. Yeah, and you, you could just see like um, when he's ducked down for that punch, uh, Stevens. It's almost like he hasn't had to think about it. It's just I got to give it a go. It's almost like it it's almost like a haymaker, but just throwing your knees. And so I'll give it a crack and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, that's happened. I work out once once or twice. Well, they call it a puncher's chance, but I guess a knee's chance is the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, you'll take it if you get it. Sammy Mitchell would be happy with that one. <laughs> he loved it so much, he even jumped the fence. Did it easy with that. Yeah, started doing high fives to the crowd, say good day to Iron Mike and Joe. <laughs> Give Joe a fist bump. Yeah. yeah. Get back in there. <laughs> um, like I said, it's such a shame that he missed weight because being 11th ranked fighter, yeah. you beat somebody ranked higher than yourself it's a great chance to you know start pushing claims and get more big fights yeah and but it's not going to happen it'd be interesting to see if um, he's a certainty to move up weight now especially with IVs not being uh, allowed for recovery yeah you'd have to think that that's probably his, his last foray down in the featherweight anyway um, which I, I think would actually suit him more um, yeah. The, yeah. The, the higher weight division I mean it's going to be a different competition yeah but uh, if he has to cut so much to get down to that weight now he doesn't have to well he's obviously not doing it anyway yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so he's probably going good until he has to fight for a belt yeah. <laughs> he's like shit now I'm going to make weight yeah. but either way great fight and I think uh, it's building the main card it's just oh, building yeah. so fucking beautifully we had uh, Ruthless Robbie Roller. Ruthless Robbie Lawler. Ruthless Robbie Roller. <laughs> <laughs> and Rory Red King McDonald. Rory um, Red King McDonald? <laughs> um, fuck, I tell you what, he, he was Red King too. There was claret everywhere. 
I think, you know, with um, the Reebok deal and now the cross-promotion with Walking Dead, yeah. it's just going too far. But if you looked at Rory's face, it looked like the um, health meter from Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> just, the more he yeah. got just, beat up, it's just like... Well, maybe Rory sniffing sideways, McDonald. Well, right from the start, I mean, in the lead-up, um, Rogan and a lot of others have called this the sleeper fight of the, the card because all the focus yeah. is on um, McGregor and yeah. Aldo They're... a belt fight to sleeper fight yeah and, and, and just Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald I've got to be honest for the first round I thought those two fighters were the ones that were sleeping on it yeah. and I, I was going oh, really it was such a, a jab cautious yeah. Yeah. yeah very cautious I, you know both guys had you know, gone in going okay it's going to be a five rounder I'm not going to I'm not going to yeah. push him over um, last time they fought they went to a decision um, so they knew they had two extra rounds. To, yeah. Was to that a split time. decision? Yeah, it was. I think it was a pretty close one. It was a really close fight. Like, could have gone either way. Um, but this time, I thought Rory came out a little bit, a little bit too flat. Um, kept his head right in the pocket and didn't slip the jab enough. He didn't change levels or give uh, Robbie enough to think about. He's got a nice reach, reach advantage, and it took him a couple yeah. of rounds before he really started to use it, especially with mm. his kicks. Towards the end of round three, uh, he was giving him a fair dicking. Um, just to close off that round, and you saw uh, John McCarthy was right there in case there was a five-punch combo that would have meant, you know, he's not defending himself, and he was about to call it. But, uh, you know, the round went out, and then Lawler decided, not nah, not having it. Yeah, well, um, but back in round two, um, I thought that they were still, still cautious. They're still working up into the fight, but you can see that um, Rory's focus was on body shots. Yeah. Even yes. punches um, going straight, and a couple of kicks that were to the midsection or... Um, starting to get very close to some groin shots, but yeah. they, they were still leading their mark. And it was like, again, looking for... The, they're both playing the long game. Yeah. These punches mm-hmm. aren't going to stop him, but they're going to wear on, wear on, and try and take they, his gas tank out. They'd have to both be pissing blood for at least a few more weeks. Yeah, well, if there's any left to get rid of, it yeah. Well, yeah. could just be water going straight in the mouth and out, whatever holes they got <laughs> left plugged, <laughs> unplugged. But, I mean, the second round was also the round... While I was watching it live, I was tweeted, like... I've never seen Robbie Lawler move so well. Yeah, his yeah, footwork definitely. was unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he's like, lively. He was defending mm. the takedowns like he was the red blanket that a matador uses or something. Oh. As soon as you go for it, he's just flying over those the legs top. at the back. Yeah, yeah. and away he was. He had such a good takedown. I think it was in the third round. He had the best sprawl I've ever seen. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I think there was one in this round where um, Rory had his leg and he just went nut, nut, nut. Yeah, and, he always BJ penned it. Yeah, just because uh, yeah, he was almost uh, had. Uh, Maybe he's about three points on the ground, but still managed to defend and um, yeah, did make him uh, punish him a couple of times. And you see Rory's head just snap back from a couple of those straight punches. This when the, yeah, this is where the jabs and you know it's something that um, we said earlier that that um, yeah. the jab is the most underused. Yeah, and they were talking about it in his camp and GSP and how, yep. how good they are at that jab. This is the round where it started to really show through, and a few of them started to yeah, find the mark. Yeah, I found that um, Lawler uh, utilised a lot more angles as well to find a home for that jab. Because he was moving so well. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, Rory is just a bit too flat. Now, I would like to see him change levels a bit, uh, fake a couple of takedowns, and then, um, you know, try and get inside. But he couldn't just stay, he didn't be in or out, not staying where he was and, and just copying the, the straight mm. left. Well, the whole main card, it seems like the fighters moved really well. Uh, especially yeah. compared to uh, the last UFC in Mexico they had that was elevation, you know, 9 million or whatever it was, and the fighters all look shagged just walking to the ring. Yeah. But uh, here, yeah. fuck me, I don't know what's in the water, but uh, maybe it's maybe it's crack. I, I don't know. <laughs> they were fired up. 
No, it's Vegas. They've got to do anything they can with the water they've got. They're running out of it. Um, but you look, round three is where the the, uh, the blood really started to flow. Yeah. Um, but it was also when I thought uh, Rory started to get on top and yeah. the reach yeah. started to come into it, especially those kicks. Yeah. Um, the little teak kick, wasn't it? The little teak uh, front just to put the distance away and then he'd go up high and, and try and nice, wrap around the back of his head. Yeah, nice high kicks. And that, like you said earlier, the third round was the round where it could have ended. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, you know, in that last 20 seconds, you, you could see he was measuring yep. the, the knockout punch. Mm. Yep. I thought, go for the flurry, son. You yeah, know, just that's, what, that's what I thought. A, you'll get a TKO here. You're not going to knock him out. That's the other thing. You can't yeah. aim a duck to death. You've yeah. got to pull the trigger. And um, Robbie uh, Lawler, he's got that pointy head that just seems unknockoutable. Yeah. He's a hard nut. Mm. Well, that's, uh, I think, because I'm on a Rogan's podcast where he's talking about he doesn't understand why his name isn't the Canadian Psycho. Like, it seems like a natural fit. For, <laughs> it, it looked like it in this one, uh, too, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, he looked like um, almost like a Chernobyl victim or something coming out for the, <laughs> for the fourth or fifth. Like a ghoul out of uh, Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Or even Just because I'll be playing Fallout. When you see that, the new ad for um, Batman, you got Jared Leto as the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> like Suicide out. Squad. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I saw Jared Leto dressed up as some freak. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that was his chance in the third. That was his yeah. chance to finish it. Yep. Um, yeah. And like you say, aim a duck to death is, is a good way to do it. He was looking for that perfect shot. Yeah. Like, Just to mate, pull the trigger. He tried, he tried everything though. You saw him do the elbow, elbow, like yeah. where he was swinging out around the elbows. He was trying to get the punch. He was trying to do a knee. I thought he just couldn't get the winning combination. Yeah, but if he, if Lawler's blocking him, keep throwing him. Yeah, because yeah. when yeah. he's blocking him, he's not punching you. He's um, punching you. Uh, um, the other like, thing is that uh, forearms don't block knees either. Not that well. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, ask uh, was it Rich Flank- Franklin? Yeah, he, um, got a broke. Uh, I'm no, no, no. Chuck Liddell. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he still came back and beat him. He still beat him with yeah. a broken forearm. Damn, but but I was thinking this should have finished like Liddell and Ortiz. Yeah. And that yeah. one, remember, he's just like, in case, just flurry. Yeah, just flurry. If he started, rah. it's not Rory McDonald style, but yeah. I mean, I know you're tired. It's yeah. three rounds. It's the end of the third, but you got 20 seconds and yeah. it was over, but he was looking for the knockout. Should have gone for the TKO yeah. rather than the yeah. KO. But you take your points and you, you go back and you, you would have felt very confident that next minute's going to next, gonna, next, third, next yeah, minute's yeah. going to be it. Yeah, but at the end of the fourth, I thought um, Lola, uh, yeah, Lola didn't look that hurt. He he looked like he's like, nah, no, nah, I'm not having this today. End, like of the fourth, second win, yeah. end of the third, he looked out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then he came out um, even the first minute of the, of the fourth. He, mm. I thought yeah. he's not bouncing yeah. around anymore. Yeah. Yep. And then you're right, it just came back to life. Yeah, and even for us, the hubby, who is the striking coach for Rory, he said that it looked like Rory was uh, more of a three-round strategy as opposed to mm. the five-round. I think it was only his third five-round fight for Rory, I think. Um, uh, I don't know if that was just an excuse to use, but... It's the first time he's been to the fourth round. Like uh, he, He's had yeah. other five-round fights. Yeah. It's the first time he's been to the fourth. Yeah, because I think mm. his only other ones are um, headlining five-round fights. Yeah, that's his first title, title uh, shot? Yeah, it? I think so. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, so Zahavi said that it just looked like he wasn't um, the right strategy to make it go over um, five rounds. But you saw it at the end of the fourth where they just stopped and just that stared at each other. It looked like two lions fighting over a kill or something where there's literally the bloody mouths and just, you're right, yeah. who's going to take it? I did say that watching it. Um, you see a lot of fighters who've put in just all on the line and they come out for the fifth round and they're sort of... McCarthy made them chuck gloves, but often afterwards they'll just sort of touch their glove. Like, yeah, I respect you, mate. Yep. Let's finish this off big. And those two guys, nah, they they didn't want respect. They wanted the belt, both of them. It was funny that stare down though, because yeah. it, it was um, they weren't pretending that you know I've still got plenty left. I'm going to come kill yeah. you. They're like, 
I fought a fucking war, but I'm not done. But almost yeah. like... Are you done? I'm not done. It almost like a bug in the UFC game or something. Yeah. Where the two characters are <laughs> stuck frozen. there sort of standing in their little sort of meander pose where they just stay in the one spot. It was, both of them were waiting for the other one to crack. Yeah. And they're like, I, I hope you do. Because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just about there. Yeah. Like, I can't be fucked moving. <laughs> but, okay, so into the fourth, um, we saw on uh, uh, Twitter or Facebook or something, somebody um, showed that the, both judges had it yeah. 39-37. Yeah, three one, so whatever that works out to be. Three rounds to one yeah. for Rory. Rory. Yeah, I had it even. Yeah, I had two two going in. I had it two two, and I thought, well, this is it. You know, this is the championship round. Yep. Um, and, and I thought that's how you win a championship round. Uh, and beautiful, beautifully set up. And the thing is, in the, in the the fifth round of a fight like that, you're not going to be going for gogo platters and shit in the fifth. You just put that <laughs> jab out there, and you just hope it lands more than his does. Just well, keep it is, simple. Like, yeah, he broke his nose, but that wasn't just a one punch thing. He'd be bumping that nose all night. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was death of a thousand jabs. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, I think they might. His suspension might have been six months as well. You're going to be clear to five or six months after that. You can you can see it because yeah. uh, the replays were beautiful. And they showed it. It was a good jab. Yeah. it's not a knockout punch by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But even they didn't show the three or four before that, just in that round. Yeah, because mm. there were that many good clean ones that led up to that um, sort of. I mean, if you only just saw that, you'd say it was anti-climax. But watching the whole fight, it definitely wasn't anti-climax finish. No. And it looked like Lawler had his third wind or fourth yeah. wind or whatever because yep. he was bouncing around yeah. again. And, and then you just, saw it with the, the, end. the cut lip that he had. And like he's still going... It looked like, it looked like it Predator. Flap. It looked like Predator going around <laughs> he takes his mask off. Um, <laughs> venom. Yeah. But yeah, you can see Rory's taking the jab and going, yeah. nah, I'm there. Yeah. Well, you see him grab his own nose, but his hand's on his cheek. Yeah. and he's like, eh, it's like he's touched yeah. his nose and gone nah like, that's not this, right really and, the, and the thing is I'm sure everyone's been cracked in the nose once even if it's just fallen off a bike or whatever and like that it's either annoying or it hurts like hell but not enough to you know it's just, you're pissed off because there's nothing to do about it yep. but imagine that happening like every 15 seconds, seconds. after all <laughs> yeah. you're like fuck this shit for, like whatever it is I'm done for I'm 21 out. minutes Yeah, and then your nasal canal ends up turning into a U-bend <laughs> yeah you can see pretty much your, your memory just bleeding out your nose from mm. your brain and, and when he was sitting on the canvas and, and you know after the fight's been cold you can see him he, he's looking at it and going I did it everything I yeah. could yeah, and everything exactly. I could that bastard wouldn't go down Yeah. well yeah they tweeted the, the picture of him after the fight and yeah he he looked like um, the, that English rugby Christian union player who married one of the royals. Just the nose is smashed yeah. across his face. <laughs> He's going to need a lot of surgery on that nose. Like I mean, not just after the fight, yeah. but six months and twelve months just so he can breathe again. But I mean, yeah. what do you? What are they going to do? They're not. He's not going to go into a surgeon and say, "All right, yeah, I want it to be perfect," because he's just going to fucking break it again anyway. Open it up, skeletal style, just <laughs> straight across. Just Voldemort, yeah. just straight down. Just Voldemort fine. it. Yeah. Some dude in Mexico had that operation done once. I'm, I'm sure Recently. lots of them have. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I think this was actually uh, a decision he made, not the drug cartel, though. But uh, yeah, oh, you can't uh, fault either guys in this fight. Look, they've already fought twice now, but jeez, yeah, you, you must want to see a third. You sell a pay per view on on the third, you know, in yep. 2017, whenever they're both ready to fight again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but, almost a shame that they're on the uh, not the top billing for this one because that would be spectacular for them, but. The whole main card. Look, it, that Perfect. fight is a future Hall of Fame fight. There's yeah. just no doubt. Yeah, mm. and how good to be in front of uh, the Hall of Fame inductees at this round as well. Yeah. BJ Penn was there, Bars was there. Bass, yeah. Um, yeah. BJ yeah. Penn was probably saying he'd take them both on still now. Well, he probably would. I mean, he'd, 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 <laughs> he'd have, have a go. Crack. He doesn't <laughs> mean, like, He definitely wouldn't say no to the challenge. But yeah, uh, everybody's on their feet there. And yeah. what a brilliant setup into yeah. the fight that's really carried the promotion yeah. of, of this card. Um, you can't argue. I'll tell you happened. what, you, you wouldn't 
want front row seats for that fight though because you'd be if you wore white yeah you're walking away covered in blood yeah, you're gonna have the poncho yeah you get a free yeah. AIDS test on the way out <laughs> it's like those Gallagher bloody magic shows where they smash the watermelons and shit yeah. I think that's every Gallagher show yeah well, that's pretty yeah. much all he does <laughs> yeah and his brother <laughs> um but yeah, you saw Dana was in the in the octagon at this one talking to Rory as well. He must be yeah. so happy with what's happened on this yeah. pay per view. I, say, I reckon to Rory's gonna gonna have enough cash from this fight to sit out for six months. He's, well, well he's, he's gonna be more than six months before he fights again. Yeah. Well, Dana White was saying this, this is the most promotion they've ever done for a pay per view. Yeah, and fuck, if they've got you know even a ten percent increase in viewership. The next pay-per-view is already sold because this main card was spectacular. Well, the thing is, they've been slamming um, Jose Aldo about pulling out and they had so much money in the line for this card. Jose Aldo has just made them about another three or four million dollars in ticket sales at the gate, at, at least, for the next fight because they made that plus more on this one. Like Dana said that after it got announced that Mendez was stepping in for Aldo, the ticket sales actually spiked and more people started buying tickets. So you can imagine the build-up it's going to have for the next actual Jose versus McGregor fight. So you've got this one out of all that build-up from McGregor and Aldo, plus the actual McGregor and Aldo fight. Yeah. Well, that, it's well, like a two-for-one card. The only question is, where are they going to fight? In Vegas. He's already said, definitely Vegas. Definitely Vegas? Yeah. All right. Fucking should have been Melbourne. But that's a good yeah, lead-in yeah. into the main event. The main event. So first thing about the main event is uh, the live um, walkout music. I don't think they've done this before. No, 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 no. Not I remember. But um, Sinead O'Connor, first up, which, for starters, who would have thought you'd seen Sinead O'Connor in a UFC event? Yeah, well, Did- apparently I uh, saw the correspondent, well, not saw the correspondence, but I heard Dana talking about it. And um, they asked her, they said, um, Connor said he wanted, wanted Sinead, and they sent her an email, got in touch with her or whatever, and they said, um, have you heard of the UFC? And she goes, nope, but I've heard of Connor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. That's so she said, I'm in. And honestly... It- it was the vocal equivalent of bagpipes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Was, it got a lot of flack. Um, it was broken. It was wobbling. It was... Irish as fuck. Irish as fuck. She, <laughs> she did need a pot in one hand. You, you yeah. would have done with a, a nice pint. pint. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Probably should have walked off stage and fought someone as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> you, you could see, like, that she was trying to um, get her earpiece fixed yeah. up, and so she was having trouble there. But I thought that as... Um, raw or as warbly it just suited the occasion yeah. perfectly and I, I actually I went onto Facebook to check um, Sinead O'Connor's um, official page to see yep. what she'd been saying or leading up to it and right. I don't think she announced or anything like that She, but she did say something big's coming yep. and then she put up the lyrics for the song and the history of what the song was about and oh, the, yeah. the fighting and all that kind mm. of stuff and then the very next thing was what's this cunt doing on the front of Rolling Stone magazine <laughs> 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 just Kim Kardashian and I thought Jeez. Now, I, I believe you, but there would have been a lot yeah. of UFC fans who have gone to that's check this, it. seen that's the next thing you put, and gone, yep, she's all right. I think she, I think she, <laughs> like and follow. I think she proclaimed that music is dead uh, after that that's cover. Exactly what yeah. she said, yep. I think she knows because she just sang the obituary. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, for the Chad Mendes coming out with the, the country music, um, I, I thought that yeah. um, Sinead won. Yep, she definitely. Won that. I think that was the bloke from Stained who apparently sings country music now. So really, yeah. I so, think he's on the go. Rogan podcast coming up. So uh, is he really? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think uh, I they teed it up after that, didn't they? I would love to see Sinead on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, geez, it'd be fantastic. You'd yeah, get... you probably a translator on that too. <laughs> She's got some strong opinions. Get Dom Herrera. <laughs> a couple. I mean, uh, what's the verbal equivalent of tearing a picture of the Pope? 
See, I was thinking about that today. Um, I don't think it would be as controversial if she went on Saturday Night Live and tore a picture of the Pope these days. No. Well, well, maybe this Pope, because this Pope's got a better reputation. But the last one, yeah, Yeah. nobody would have cared. But even so, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, is that what he looks like? Yeah, yeah, that'd be too. The Northerners come down and firebomb him or something. And last thing on that, I did see that uh, Jim Norton was thanking everybody for congratulating (laughs) him on his performance. (laughs) I saw that as well. I was thinking like Tim Gorman up there singing while he's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, Bruce Buffer, on fucking game, wasn't he? Even Connor cleared the octagon for him, got the cameraman out of the road, so give me stage. Which which is good, because Connor wasn't doing it for the cameras, he was doing it for the people there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His dance and warm-up and... You know, then the the big pose. Um, look, is he Rousey level in terms of being over? Yes, it yeah. has to be. Yeah, uh, I think he he said that um, he him and Rousey are the ones leading the way. And I mean, Rousey's hers almost sells itself kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Connor is is just taking it to that next level. Well, I think um, because they've got the Reebok deal and the um, champion shirts now, they can really. Uh, drill down the analytics of what shirt sells most. I would yeah. be shocked if Connors wasn't number one. Like even though Rousey is a, a better household name, Connor is the one who will sell merch. And, and he's obviously um, uh, newer to the game than, yeah. than Rousey mm. as well. And Rousey's doing you know movies and all that yeah. kind of shit. Um, I, I think that Connors got always well, you know uh, the next Ultimate Fighter yeah. coach. But there's a lot of big ticket items coming his way. And I'll tell you, I've sort of drifted through tough series for a while and none of them really have stood out in mind, but seeing Connor on there, he is a showman. It's going to be fantastic. The last one I remember enjoying the coaches was um, Rashad Evans and Rampage Rampage. Jackson. Just because they're both hilarious. Rampage, just the shit he says is crazy. But um, this one, I think you're going to see the same sort of thing. Constant niggle, constant uh, ripping on each other and oh, it's going to be spectacular. Um, the other thing I loved was uh, before the fight, um, Herb Dean going through um, the, the instructions, and both of them had just kept talking. Yeah. And Herb Dean goes, all right, well, I've got to get through yeah, this. Let's just keep going. <laughs> They're not listening. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it was constant chat and niggle. And oh, it was like he was in a first slip in the Nash's test. He was but, just constantly. And it wasn't like it was a surprise either. No. Yeah, everyone yeah. knew this was going to happen. Well, even Mendes said stuff where he goes, you've got to give the man credit. He didn't stop talking shit the whole fight. <laughs> and you can see it all yeah. the way through. He's, he's commentating. He's saying, how about this? How about that? Oh, yeah. I, I, he needs to be mic'd up somehow. Yeah, exactly. Well, he did say it was a strategy uh, that he employed. And, I mean, it's, and not, it it's not surprising because well, it's a pretty you know standard strategy, really. For, for him. I think yeah. also it seems like he amps himself up with it. Like he's like, I'm about to come with the right. I'm about to come with the right. And then, you know, that's what gets him in that zone, the, the intensity. Gets him a bit loose. Gets him really fired up. Yeah. I, I think... Yes, it does, but I think it's it's him too. It's very mm. natural. I mean, even like yeah. all, all the stories about the bet that he tried to place with the uh, Fatima. Yeah. Suddenly, it seems like uh, they're lucky he didn't make that bet because he could have retired. Well, he's betting with their money anyway, really. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not like um, Floyd Mayweather, who you know puts on those million dollar yeah. bets and takes a photo and tweets it and puts it on an Instagram. Yeah. He tried to do it on the sly. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be quiet about it. He didn't want the publicity. He wanted the money. Yeah, well, because he said like I wasn't even going to bring it up, but Dana put it out there. So yeah, it was, it was actually three point well, five million. I did look, uh, picked the round with um, uh, Sports Tab. Yep. Uh, Connor in the second was paying sixes. Six, yep, not bad. Yeah, so that's eight, right. Cool, cool idea. That, that is pretty good considering it's three and a half million in the pot already. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little, oh, geez. That's a, that's a fair payday if you so found a bookie. Everything leading up to it, they finally ring the bell. First um, four seconds, I think Connor's um, plan is clear. 
Yep. Let's kill him with cardio. Yeah. It was, let's push the pace. Um, he's short notice or whatever, but he's a stocky lad. We're going full on flat out from the get-go. But yeah. ended up on his back in the first 10 seconds. Yeah, and he said afterwards, uh, his coach, I think it's John Kavanagh, I think that's what his name is, um, said that they shouldn't practiced and live round of wrestling the whole training. Said Connor had something, a niggle with his knee or something. Uh, yeah. He ended up back to full strength two weeks out or something like that. So he said he was concerned about it. But that's why they practice the teep kicks just in the guts, just work yeah, on it. Just mm. keep the distance. Stab him in the gas tank, as he said. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, those takedowns, perfect. Oh, they were nice, weren't yeah. they? He, he lifted, well, grabbed the back of the thighs, turned the corner beautifully. Each one was different, wasn't it? Yeah, well, mm. the first one, he almost fell into it. Um, yeah. But you, know, you still got to do it. Um, but the other one's the textbook stuff. With authority. Yeah, it was a really nice turn of the corner as well. Just um, minimal effort. But the thing is, he made his takedowns easy. But then when he was on the ground, he put in explosive effort for no result. Well, that first elbow. Yeah, oh yeah, that, well, that was one elbow, yeah, that was really nice actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and opened him up uh, and won the round. Yeah, things had to be a bit smarter on the ground, uh, maybe more patient as well. Um, you probably want to bet get Connor against the fence and then start doing that, not do it in the middle of the, mm. in the middle of the mat. He did also get a final warning for fingers in the face. Uh, I think he was eyes. lucky to get that many warnings. To be yeah, honest, yeah, he got a lot of warnings. He looked like he was. Uh, the Goldie even mentioned it, mm. um, trying to cover his mouth. Yeah, which um, is a legit yeah. tactic. That's. But, is it a good tactic? It's cheap. and It's, it's, it's like toe stomps, more or less. Kind yeah, of thing. It, but the thing is, there are still gifts online, and I'll try and get it and um, put it on our website. I think it might have been off shirt or something, so I'll give him credit, whoever did it. But it shows the slow motion of him um, putting the fingers in the eye. But it looks like he's trying to go for the cut, put yeah. his fingers in the cut and open that up. Oh. And if it like slips into the eye, it's not such a bad thing, you know oh, what I mean? But it looks like he's really trying to it. irritate the cut across the eyebrow yeah. just to make it yeah, nice and loose. To me, the hand over the mouth is like the uh, north-south belly smother. Um, it, it's a tactic that can be mildly effective, but it's it's cheap and uh, I, I don't I don't I think you're going to win. Even mildly effective, I think, is, is selling it yeah. too far. I think if you can put a hand over the mouth, you can punch them in the mouth. Well, I've seen it, you know, a lot of them do it and then slip the elbow down. Yeah, that one's yeah. Nice. Or they put the palm into the chin and then turn the face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but with that and, and all the talking that Connor's doing and, and Chad's, you know... <laughs> but that's just what he's trying to do, shut him the fuck up. I, um, I, th- well, that's exactly I don't know strategy, if he was yeah. smiling and trying to talk back or if he was smiling because he was actually laughing. Yeah. But it, I think that he, his tactic should have been shut your mouth and just just fight. Yeah. Because it, it was one of Connor's plans and it worked. Yeah. Trick. Having said all that, um, Chad Mendes uh, won the first round, I thought, yeah. clearly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And when it got to the ground, Connor um, was, uh, had a clear plan, was, well, right, we'll, we'll stall it and then... Yeah. You know, we'll try and get it stood back up. I'll, I'll do my punches to show that I'm not laying dead. Yep. Because um, that can lose you too much. Yeah. But as soon as there was an opening, bang, back to his feet. So yeah. quick. Well, he, he looked comfortable in, in having uh, Chad in his guard as well. Um, uh, with not working that hard to try and get out, he was waiting for his opportunities. And I think that just allowed... Well, he sat there and watched Chad work his ass off swimming, trying to yeah. land the occasional um, elbow. And watch him zap, zap all his energy. And then as soon as the situation was there, he'd pop back up to one foot. He might wear a punch on the way up, but you could expect that to go back to your feet. I was surprised that Mendes didn't try to pass guard. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm. Not enough. He's doing a lot of ground and pound from the guard and using a lot of energy. But when he did go to pass the guard, got through real quick. Mm. Yeah. And had he got there earlier and taken his time a little bit more, you know, who knows? Maybe he could have at least got it to another round. But as it was, it just seemed like he realised that there was only a minute to go and then alright now I'm going to move well he did pass the guard at one stage in the first round and yeah. uh, and that was when Connor went right no, not, none of this shit he, he yep. looked when he was in guard he was calm waiting patient 
as soon as you pass guard, it's like, okay, there's no pretenses here. I'm in trouble. Let's move. Let's hit this way, that way, slippery, anything, anything, out, out, out. Yeah. Right, back to guard the first time. Next time, back to your feet. And now, yeah. okay, let's go. Yeah. This yeah. Is where, which is where I want the fight. Because it looked like he almost had him in a cradle, but had the wrong leg um, pinned. So he could still post up on one mm. arm and the uh, bottom leg, mm. which he did. And then he got back up, wore a punch, and away they went. Um, the other thing I really noticed in the first round was Connor was combing his hair back a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. needs to shave it or, or go back to the, the top the, knot or the something or whatever he's doing before yeah but uh, almost left himself open once or twice but yeah it was very noticeable he did yeah yeah and I think with this strategy against Chad Mendes I think he is much more confident keeping his hands a bit lower as well and uh-huh. being able to do that keep the distance because Chad's going to for takedowns as he did and was very successful with them so well he does naturally keep his arms fairly low yeah um, maybe he's just want to keep it out the way of his mouth I don't know yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he's trying to invite him yeah. to, a, to a bit of a stand up. Invite and, them onward, as they say, and to um, you know get ready to uh, stop the takedowns. Yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, at the end of the first, and they go to the stools. Um, I thought it was great to see. Uh, sorry to hear what they were saying. Um, McGregor's corner is saying he's tired. He's tired. He's ready. This is what's happening. Yeah. No doubt they lost the round. Yeah. They were exactly where they wanted to yeah. be. Yeah. They ticked the boxes for that that uh, sort of round. So. See, everyone talks about McGregor's arrogance and confidence, but. That game plan, well, it worked. It worked. Yeah, uh, he had it nutted out to the nth degree, and you, well, he won exactly the way he said he was going to do. And you know, maybe he's eighty million bucks richer. I don't know. And then they went over to the other corner, and you can see Chad. He's like, "Shit, yeah, Uh-oh. wow, that yeah. was a long round." Yep. And even though that, you know, his corner said, "You know, you do this. You got to watch for the left, and it's there." You know, that's one round in the books. You, you won that round. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they knew they won that round. Yeah. You can see in Chad. He's like. Shit, I yeah. spent a lot of tickets to get that one. And you know that he's going to... like At that point, you have to think that he knows this isn't going five rounds. Like yeah, one way or the other. And so he's going to do his best to make sure that it's him coming out the well, victor. he knows he's not going five rounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, And maybe that's why he didn't try and pass guard. He was trying to conserve energy. But from inside guard, it's not quite as easy. Well, in the second round, you know, he got the takedown and spent a lot of time on top. Yeah. And you're right. He was um, throwing the odd elbow um, here and there and doing a bit of um, ground and pound, but no, certainly not a flurry. And it was definitely a resting period for him. Yeah. And, and he's certainly trying to set up guillotines as well, but just too loose. But even so, from the bottom, you did see Connor go high with his guard quite a few times and yep. squeeze the ribs a bit, which it's one of those small things that if you can't get a full deep breath in, you, you feel a bit starved of oxygen. And it, it's the, a small thing. But it adds up. Yeah, I think he was also just trying to keep make sure he kept the distance yeah. um, he, from the guard. He didn't want him to get um, too far through because um, he knows once he passes the guard, it's it is then it's real trouble. Yeah, he tried to annoy him with some elbows too, just to make sure that Chad kept busy. Like he wouldn't let Chad Chad rest. As soon as he tried to be still, he'd put yes. his elbow or he'd look at the ref and go, "No, nah, yeah. stand us up." Just so Chad always felt like onus on him H- to keep busy. Do something. It was constant hustle. Yeah, and, it was and, smart too asking the ref, "Why oh, you stand us up?" And even Joe was like, "What are you talking about?" He's, he's you know, been throwing he, he's fighting. Yeah. He didn't expect him to stand up no, at all. There's a reason why he's doing it so that Chad doesn't stop, so that yeah. he keeps on putting in the effort, and he has to keep spending yeah. those uh, petrol. And he did. Yeah. Like I said, smart. Um, and Chad complained to Herb Dean at one stage about the elbows to the top of the head. Yeah. Because I guess they're almost a 12 to 6 elbow but yeah, from the bottom. About, well, yeah. the movement is 12 to 6, but as far as I'm aware, it was always from the top. From the top. Yeah. It was illegal. But and even then, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think um, we've spoken before about why it's illegal is because some dickhead saw karate <laughs> yeah. dudes smashing yeah. um, ice bricks with 12 to 6 elbows. It's a stupid rule. But anyway. Um, it was uh, it was very weird, and then um, finally Chad passed the guard. It looked like the first attempt at passing the guard, yeah. um, hunting the neck, 
uh, it, uh, which is um, something that he does very well. And yeah. it was, became obvious that it's exactly what Connor was waiting for. Yeah, mm. it, it did it. seem like he grabbed the chin rather than his own hand. The chin straps are a, a good control, mm. um, but then you, the idea is to then pull it forward so you can get under it. Yeah, but that, you know you got two guys who are pretty sweaty, blood slicked, and those gloves aren't great for that cupping sort of. Um, yeah, but chin. As, yeah. as soon as yeah. Connor saw it, I think it was under for half a millisecond. But yeah. that's as soon as Connor goes right now, and then straight into the alligator roll, back to the feet, and gave you could see it very clearly. Gave a little nod. Yeah, you know, you, right. you won that four minutes. Yeah, there's nine minutes of this fight so far. You're two rounds. This, you yeah, know, you can't win points in this round. Gave him a little nod and went, "Yep." And you see, Chad's gone. I'm done. He's on the big, big <laughs> huff where you know, it was like the duck dance where your arms go. go. <sighs> yep, and you can see it in his eyes. Yeah, I'm finished. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. Um, and even like the punches that landed there were clean and crisp, but they weren't unpredictable. Like yeah. oh, that that last punch, you see it so often. Fighters who've got that last punch on, um, yeah. they clip them or whatever. Yeah, this one it started from way back behind his left shoulder and just followed all the way down it, to the it, canvas. It was a fastball. Yeah. yeah, it was a pitch. It looked like um, Mendez was quickly checking if he could merge left or something. <laughs> <laughs> he had a quick look and uh, shit. But, there we are. It's all right. Lie down there now. But this, you know, the final uh, twenty seconds is what Rory McDonald should have yeah. been doing. Yeah, He's inst- mm. not looking for that knockout. Although Connor got it. Yeah, he knew exactly what was going on, um, and I think Herb Dean stopped it three seconds too early. Yeah, which is a good, that. which yeah. is a good stoppage. Yeah, well, I, I don't think. Um, Mendez, if he's honest, would be arguing anything no, about that. No, of course not. He didn't argue at all. Yeah. No. He gave him his props. and Like I say, he, Herb Dean could have stood back in three seconds. It wouldn't have changed anything, yeah. which means it's a good stoppage. Yeah. I, th- I think Mendez handled it a bit like uh, Poirier as well. It was just, yeah. just like, fuck, really? He, he's, you have to admit that he's good? Like, shit. Yeah. But to his credit, he did go over to Connor straight uh, away. What else can you do? Well, like, yeah. like Connor said, I just got that guy a house. Yeah. Like, yeah. Two weeks ago, he was just doing whatever. Now he's got a house. Yep. Mm, and Jose Aldo's $3.5 million poorer. Yeah. Well, he didn't make it. He's probably still not poor, though. No, yeah, to be he, honest. he's still doing, doing okay. Right. Um, which, is, which is funny. And obviously, this is the absolute best result the UFC could have hoped for. Yeah. Um, oh. Connor doing exactly what he wanted. The two for one Connor Jose uh, payday. Yeah, even who knows when Jose's ready to fight. Yeah. I mean, it should probably still be this year. Yeah, yeah. But it, it doesn't matter. You've got now, that's in the bank. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But all, it's like those all, tickets are already almost sold. You know? They're going to yeah. promote the shit out of it when yeah. it happens, but yeah. they don't need to because yep. it sells itself now. Yeah. They, yeah. They've done all the work. Yeah, it's like well, anything else is a scream on, on top. This is the Iron Man movie and the Avengers is about to come yeah, out. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you see Chael Sonnen afterwards on Twitter? <laughs> he goes, That's my boy. He goes, well, you've only got yourselves to blame, guys. You were the ones that rang him while he was trying to train. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, Chael actually released uh, Chad Mendez's phone number on Twitter because um, uh, Chad Mendez wouldn't get back to him about getting on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That was two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Fight. Well done. Yeah, yep. That's one way to do it. That old Chael staying in the in the talk. But on that with um, uh, Jose Aldo, um, I'm I'm also of the opinion that there should be no such thing as an interim title. Yeah, it's I'm just, the same. Yeah, just the title. I okay, think, you couldn't fight. Yeah, sorry, Chael. I mean, I I'm not in Dana White's camp, and I believe the injury. I don't think yeah, yeah, he's too. not somebody that's walking away from a fight. No yeah, exactly. who it is. He yeah. has dropped a, a Conor McGregor did mention that he has dropped out of I think five different fights based on um, camp injuries. Yeah, but I mean if you if you look at um 
someone like Cain Velasquez and that camp, they have plenty of pullouts. And I yeah. think Jose said as well, he's fought, uh, defended his belt twice a year, every year, every year, WBC. Yep. No other champions. That's all you ask for. He's defended as much as him. Yeah. And um, I think his record's exemplary. Yeah. I think, like I mentioned before, you walked in, um, he, um, oh, fuck, what was it? No, I forgot now. <laughs> but, I mean, he's done everything that's been asked of him. Um, and yeah. he, he couldn't make this fight. And, you know, all the controversy with the x-rays and put it aside. I fully believe he believes he's the best fighter in the world. Yeah. yeah. Jose Alba. He's yeah. fought everybody that's come up. Yeah. It, um, and he would believe that he could wipe the floor with Conor McGregor. Yes. Yeah. Just, just the same as Conor believes he can wipe the floor with Aldo. Well, we're going to get the chance. Yeah, and they will. But, I mean, if you can't make this fight um, and the UFC says, well, it's a title fight, mate, you're now you're no longer the champion. Yeah, you're the number it. one contender. Whoever wins this fight is the champion. No interim belts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's good marketing. Well, like, you, you can't have... If he does... Like, Aldo's next fight is McGregor. It, it, it can't be anything else. You can't have an interim champion and a champion fighting someone else against yeah. different people. Well, they've done it once before, but... Um, with um, the heavyweights, but yeah, I mean, I guess technically yeah. Dana can do what the fuck he wants. He can put a chicken in there if he wants to. But yeah, uh, I just, I just don't believe in the word interim. Yeah, me neither. And yeah, it it just sort of cheapens a little bit. You know, I, mean? I just want yep. to see one one belt and that's it. Um, and you got to say, post match, Connor was uh, unbelievably good. It was yep. uh, the fight's over, and he was just so appreciative. He, I don't think he believed he'd get that that much support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's very hard when you try and play the role of the villain, and they don't let you. Yeah, well, <laughs> the fans don't let you. I actually think he he was in that mode for so long that that was the first time he actually sort of realised what was happening. Yeah, um, he was just so focused, so determined uh, inside his own head that. Then he just realised, holy fuck, all these people are here for me. It actually, and it, it happened. He and actually I, did I it. gave yeah. it to them. And he, even Rogan said it, wow, like he did, yeah, it. He did it. He actually did it. Yep. <laughs> and, and Rogan was pretty much speechless and he's seen it all. Yep. If you think, you know, MMA um, commentators who've seen shit, he is the number one. Yeah. yeah. And especially like you've, you've put all your, all your eggs in one basket talking that much trash. Yep. And everyone's just counting on that moment that you fall, or fall flat. So to put that much pressure on yourself and to sort of, Flourish in it is pretty amazing. It's just it, it's the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we're looking at. Um, and God knows how many t-shirts and everything they've put it on. But yep. it, it's not about taking part. It's about taking over. Yep. No, it's a beautiful line. I actually don't like it. I think uh, they've laid off the whole UFC marketing department now. Um, <laughs> those guys <laughs> are unemployed. You don't need them. Well, no, <laughs> they got taken over. That's why. Yep, they got taken <laughs> off. McGregor's <laughs> mates have just jumped in, and they're going to be in training camp for all the other fighters now. Just all right. Here's the trash talk. So they've said the next fight's in Vegas, yeah. um, which I, broke my heart to be honest. Yeah, me too. I was really hoping because I mean, he, Irish love coming down to Australia. They love Australia. They'd fill Eddie had. Fucking oath, they would. They'd fill the MCG. They'd. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. They drink Melbourne dry. They'd probably <laughs> sure. sell three tickets, but they'd fill the fuck <laughs> Oh, my mate Pat has got it. Oh, he's over there. But oh, I, I really wish that had have come down to Australia it would have been perfect unfortunately McGregor said he didn't want to <laughs> um, which Connor why you do this I don't know you, you can feel Wembley I think it's the hole in the ozone layer it's not good for his complexion <laughs> <Not> for <laughs> his, uh, well, well there was a whole bunch of Paley's on tonight wasn't there yeah yeah, yeah. It's not kind of built as the uh, Iron Island well, it was really stone because all the ticket sales most of them over in Ireland so I'm guessing they chuck them all in the car just Interest yeah, in the locals. Well, a lot of Europeans, oh. and it was, it was the right time for them to fight too. Um, yeah. So they brought the Europeans out, um, the fighters out here, and the fucking fans followed. Yeah, you yeah, need they? to listen. They, yep. they, they, were, they were there. They were there. Jeez. So what, it's lucky they didn't run out of booze. Imagine they ran out of beer at say, the end of the fight. Somebody a month ago would have been smart to buy every Guinness truck in <laughs> yep. the state. Yeah. And just made a mint. Yep, exactly. Yep. Or got robbed blind. <laughs> You'd have been lined, lined up around the block like street cleaners. Yep. Oh, God. I, I, I don't think they've left Vegas since. No, I don't think they remember they went to Vegas. <laughs> the thing, where the fuck are we, Paddy? I don't fucking here. know, but there's a big fucking statue here. <laughs> anyway, that was USC 189. Jeez, did it deliver. Uh, yep. You got your money's worth, especially if you got it for free. <clears throat> All right. Um, I think that'll do us for our wrap-up of it. And it's good to be... Uh, to herald in the, the start of the age of Conor McGregor. Yep. Yep. We'll catch you guys next one. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.